Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Witches on the Couch. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Nikki and I am a witch. Hi, I'm your other host, Jade. I'm also a witch. So today we're going to keep on running with Witches of East End season one. And I think we're like about done with this season. Like it's there's one more episode after this we're on episode nine. Oh my god that's crazy i damn 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 i know i know uh hopefully following this i know we have a couple movies in the works that we're planning on so oh can... and then um motherland port salem season two is supposed to come out i think at the end of june if i recall Oh my god, so soon. That'll be coming up soonish. That's freaking thrilling. And that's like that's weirdly works out timing-wise perfectly. I we the world sometimes loves us. That's all I can say. Occasionally. <laughs> it's rare. But regardless, you know, I I can't believe we're almost done with this. I'm freaking thrilled. Obviously, there's a second season, so that's still on the table as well. But I think we're just going to have to jump into season one, episode nine, A Parching Imbued. I already told Jade this before we started, though. Like, I didn't realize this was one of my favorite episodes. Like, this was like what I always think about when I think about this show. But it's because of a very specific reason. And when that happened, I just was like jumping up and down in my chair, like so thrilled and so overly jazzed for this episode. So... This episode was awesome. Jumps around a bit, but it's still in a good, just following different little plots sort of way. And it works out well, because, like, a lot of the jumps are, again, relatively contained. We're not, like, internationally world jumping. It's, like, Wendy's in the kitchen doing something while Joanna's in the dining room and Freya's in the foyer. So we're all in the same house. It's just we're all having things happen in different rooms. Well, it does start out with, they're actually at the beach. Super ritualistic. Um, Not all covens, especially not. Nikki and I uh, get all dressed up for when they do spells. You know, for the holidays, you dress up. We used to. Any religion, though. Yeah, we used to. We used to dress up once upon a time. For the holidays, like I was just saying. Like, yeah. Like, Midsummer and Beltane were the only ones that I ever really dressed up for. I think we uh, dressed up for Yule, too, one year. Everybody dresses up for Yule. Yeah, you should. I mean, it's just a good time. I mean, these dresses, though, are, like, so pretty. So goddamn pretty. Yeah, they're definitely... It's sort of like that angelic vibe, but it's just, like, old-school magic, pure white. I liked it. Anywho, um, <laughs> they're doing a full loss ritual to get Freya's powers back. It doesn't work. It's a beautiful ritual that in the twilight doesn't work. Um, Wendy and Joanna start spitballing. Well, it looks like maybe you know, your powers are gone, not just blocked. Shifter must be really powerful now. I do like when they're like, 
yeah, I I think that means that the shifter took them or now they have the power to really like take us on head on. Like they're might even be stronger than us. And there's like a crash of thunder and lightning on the horizon. And Joanna just turns to Wendy and is like, please tell me you did that for dramatic effect. And I was just like, Wendy would. That's that's completely fair. Like this tracks that probably Wendy has in the past. Oh yes. Even in this season, we've seen kind of stuff like that. But yes, I was just about to bring that up, that perfect timing, because it's beautiful, it's got some sun, and then suddenly it's cloudy and that thunder. Perfect timing. And then we, you know, come out, and it turns out Panthena is actually watching them in, like, a bowl of water or something like that. So it really was, most likely, her with the thunder. Cut over next to Joanna and Wendy find this freaking amazing spell. Um, it's basically going to reveal, you know, everybody has a signature when they do magic. So it's going to reveal the shifter's fingerprint, so to say, on Freya, on the spell that they used for Freya. Um, you know, we get a little brief recapture of what actually happened that day what Freya saw felt the day she got sick and lost her powers they argue whether it's Dash but Joanna definitely tested him already he checks out Sushi also checked Penelope but here in a few seconds we find out she didn't really um, this is after Freya gets upset and storms out because uh, she thought, oh, you know, you know, that tarot reading. Dash is the one. It can't be him. No, you gotta remember, Dash could be the one, or he's gonna be the one to fuck it all up. We're still torn on which is which. I also like, this is the second time we've seen Joanna so cavalier over openly cutting people at tables, just as you do she's just like yep we're gonna need you freya for this id fingerprint spell to work uh shifter did magic on you that means it's still in you so give me your finger and just like slices it they just like pull the finger over squeeze the blood out she's like great way to go girl out <laughs> and I was just like, you remind me of many nurses i've had to give me shots like <laughs> hey how you doing great awesome arm in done don't cry have a good day. Like, <laughs> done it enough. So at this point, I was super excited because, like, they explained the fingerprint. I was like, oh, super cool. And then they just take a little bit of blood in this fancy, like, bronze dish. And then they chit chat. And I don't see any spell. And I got really bummed. They'll they do it in a few, but. They do add more stuff to the blood, though. Like, they add some, like, yeah. oils and some herbs and stuff to, like, because they only have, like, a small puddle of Freya's blood, but they're definitely trying to, like, thin it to get a full bowl of something. Mm-hmm. All the other uh, magical ingredients that'll help it. Yeah, so I would say this spell at the beginning is at the very least much more up my alley than yours, because you're like, this isn't enchanting, but I'm like, look at all those ingredients in such a beautiful bowl. Like, <laughs> Spot on there. Uh, cut over, though. Oh, just kidding. Almost forgot. So, back to Joanna had said she didn't actually test Penelope. Well, 
they're hosting the rehearsal dinner that night, so they're going to test everybody then. It'll be fine. Uh, cut over to Fairhaven. Wedding's being set up. Killian's over watching it all. Penelope comes up and, hey, you know, Mom, I'm just, I'm not going to be here. He's going to go to Costa Rica tomorrow afternoon. I'll actually write this time. For all him leaving, though, like, Penthina is like, you're right. It's the right call. You shouldn't be here. And I was like, what an encouraging mother to be like, you're right. Get out. Penthina's just super interesting in this episode. She's here a lot. I'm shocking. But, uh, uh, she's always like a I feel like she's always in the background of everybody else's scenes, but it's also like she does important stuff in their scenes, so she's not that background. It's an interesting mix. It's, yeah, it's definitely more interestingly like filmed with her. It's not such a direct filming of the character. But let's get back to that brass bowl full of blood and random stuff. So, yeah, they have this little brass bowl. It has, like, a little puddle of Freya's blood in it. I I think there's a label on the bottle of stuff that they, like, fill the bowl with as well. I didn't read it. I didn't see it. But they do add, like, some oils, maybe some, like, waters, some herbs. Like, they do a little bit of potion-y magic with it first. And then it's, like, a full bowl of red liquid now that basically just joanna takes a humongous paintbrush too and just paints a giant canvas completely red they both step back take in their artwork wendy says it's a little monochromatic for her likes always with her comments which obviously i loved but wendy in this episode was on top of her game, like tip top performance of Wendy. Like the end of my notes, I was like, well, Wendy came in clutch. That's all you need to know. But apparently what's going to happen is this is the first time either of them have used the spell. So neither one really knows how it works, how it's supposed to work. But over time, the fingerprint of the caster is supposed to rise to the surface and they'll figure out who the shifter is i it's ingenious i'm not gonna lie like i love this spell i love paintings i love everything that's going on here yeah i love brass bowls of magic like this is so up my alley i was like why do i not do this myself um Uh, and as far as spells go it's just brilliant way to reveal information because it's gonna come out fairly clear as a friggin picture so of course and most of the time in real life what we have to work with is you know like if you're scrying with a crystal you've already done trials with a crystal and you know hey if it spins this way it's this if it spins that way it's that um if you're meditating for stuff, then you can sometimes see some visions, but those aren't always clear, too. There's a lot of symbolism is really what I'm getting at with witchcraft. It's not so direct. This spell is very direct. It's also just the most perfect spell for Joanna, because she's an artist, as we remembered last episode. 
And I do like, I think it really, this whole spell in general brings tension to the episode that I think otherwise wouldn't really be there as much because like, obviously, as I said, where we pointed out, it's like the, the fingerprints may slowly rise to the surface. So throughout the entire episode, we're like flashing to the painting. We're like staring at the painting, like events happen. And then we like cut back to just like the red painting. So it's like, we're all on the edge of our seats with this goddamn painting. <laughs> Cause like us as the viewer, we know what we want to come out of this, but it's like, we're the only ones in on it and we want to see our heroine succeed. Tensions are high. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It is without doubt my favorite spell they have done in this entire series is all I can really say more about it. So as they're kind of admiring their art piece and figuring it out, Wendy kind of nudges Joanna. And I, th I think we should call the girl's father. And Joanna says no. She's like, well, he's really good at this kind of stuff. And with everything going on with Freya, you know, it'd be probably really good to have him here. So we should just give him a call. And Joanna says no. No, no, no. And I like that, honestly, I was confused for this as well. Because we should call Victor. And I totally forgot who Victor was. And so it took me a few seconds of catch-up. Yes. Their, their father's name is Victor. Yes. Um, so we cut away from this. After we kind of do like a dramatic zoom in on the canvas. As I said, that's like a really interesting choice. They're going to make a lot in this episode. And it works so well. And we cut to Freya, who's like just working at the bar, doing doing her. When Ingrid enters with a dress bag, and they just kind of smile and get really excited and run to the back storage room, where Freya puts on this wedding dress that oh my god, it's so pretty. I, I don't even know how else to say it. Like, it's it was also so shocking because I feel like so often in movies and TV, like, for the wedding dress, it's, like, the most cookie-cutter Barbie doll wedding dress because it's, like, they buy the cheapest wedding dress they can get to, like, have the scene. It's a white dress. They're, like, we've done it. Look, she's wearing white. It's just a dress you can find at Ross. But, like, this is, like, a legit wedding dress. Like, it's, like, satin. There's ruching. It's a trumpet. The bottom is humongous. There's decals. There's beading. I was, like, wow, guys. Same time. It was quite simple for a wedding dress. Oh, I loved it. Elegant. You had a full lace dress, though. So I can understand how satin probably looks more simple. Yeah, but it's like it has the most dramatic bottom because I think it's a trumpet. So it's like the bottom is just drama and a half. It's just tool and like some kind of detailing. It's like some gold flowers or something are on it. Yeah, just a little at the the waist. Yeah, it's I don't know. I loved it. I, I fangirled about it. I went full girl moment. I was like, yes, give me a spin. Tell me about the dress. Who designed it? Give me a say yes to the dress moment. Like, get Randy in here. I was so prepared. Uh, but as I stop freaking out about the dress, Freya starts talking to Ingrid about the loss of her powers. 
And Ingrid says, maybe it's a good thing. You've felt really bad about lying to Dash, your whole relationship about having powers. And you don't want to go into a marriage with a lie. And that's been weighing on you for so long. So not having them is really the best thing because we all know the most important thing is that your husband is completely happy with your honesty in this. I I have never wanted to punch Ingrid more. And I say that a lot. I'm usually like, I'm ready to slap Ingrid. This was the part where I was like, get out. I don't think she truly means this. I think she's, because there's been tons of instances where really she's just trying to be level-headed sister and say the thing she thinks Freya really wants to hear, matter-of-factly, so Freya actually believes it, because Freya goes back and forth with herself. So I felt like that was a little bit more what was going on, not just that she truly thinks this shitty opinion. (laughs) Truly a shitty opinion. Uh, Freya then really tries to convey that without her powers, she just feels empty, because it's like a part of herself has been taken away and she doesn't know where it is or who she is without it because I mean like at the end of the day she was basically like violated and something was stolen from her and that's traumatic and I'm with Freya I'm like yeah Freya I get you Ingrid thank you for dropping off the dress please exit stage left but thankfully, to save the scene, uh, Killian enters because we're still at the bar. So Killian walks to the back to is like, hey, are you going to grab and just sees Freya looking so pretty? Her dress. This was so cute because he's floored. Oh, my God. Right. He's so taken. And it's. <sighs> I just... Oh, Killian. Killian. Thankfully, Ingrid gets a freaking memo and exits. So Freya starts talking to him after he just exclaims, wow, which, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. And Freya just kind of starts to ramble for a little bit and is like, yeah, well, we had to get the dress because you know, we moved up the wedding, so I'm getting married tomorrow, and we have the rehearsal there tonight, and Ingrid's probably going to go pick up the flowers, and I'm just talking a lot, and Killian agrees. <laughs> and of course, in the proper Freya-Killian moment, they have an eye contract moment, where it's just, they just kind of stare at each other, like kind of breathless. Uh, thankfully, there's no like weird sweat in this one. <laughs> Hallelujah. But then Killian just says, well, congratulations, and I should get back to work. And he just kind of exits to leave walking backwards and takes like one last moment to like look at her and smile and then just walks out. It was so cute. One last long look, enjoying himself in like not a creepy way. It was the cutest thing damn these two like they're so goddamn cute together I can't I couldn't handle it I was just like I was too infatuated with the moment it was fantastic I loved everything about it It was a perfect scene this episode's my favorite episode that's that's about all I can say about it but we have to cut away from this very touching moment sadly to Dash 
I know. Who is back in the catacombs of Fairhaven. And the wall where, like, we found the Ramus Mordium, which was that weird metallic plant thing that we had, like, quite a couple episodes about, it's obviously been cleared by Joanna and Wendy. We've established that. But the wall is now, like, leaking this weird metallic-y, silver, gooey substance. And Dash has found it and is, like, trying to collect a sample and is called Amy telling her what he found because she's his lab doctor. So he wants her to come check it out as well. And they can take some more samples and figure out what the hell is going on here. So that's happening in Fairhaven. Cut to Ingrid and Mike who are at the library. And this is another goddamn it, Ingrid. So we closed out the last episode with Ingrid talking to her mom about how Mike is looking for Asgard. And then her mom being like, don't humor him. Don't even like show interest in it. Just stay away from him. And she's like, okay, yeah, that's the best idea. Mike enters. Ingrid for one second is like, I'm kind of busy, Mike. And he's like, look at all these diaries and journals of my dad's. And she's just invested. She's right there. She's like, oh my God, you get me so well. Like, this is my favorite thing. Oh, I'm so interested. And I was like, <sighs> I understand though. Shut up. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we are not in the reassuring Ingrid of her life choices right now. Like, this is. No, come on. I mean, someone tells you. Hey, don't look into a thing. You kind of want to look into a thing. Okay, that's that's a little she fair. Really just abruptly ended. I mean, I think this goes into my overlying critique of Ingrid this entire season, which we've like gone into a couple times, where it's literally her mom and Wendy being like, this is super dangerous. We're not prepared for it. Don't act on it. We'll figure it out her being like okay that's a practical sound solution that's who I am and then the second they're out of the room she's like but what if I did do it and it never ends well for her so I'm just like you think by this like the fourth or fifth time we are in this exact same scenario She'd learn from her life. I don't know. She's she reminds me a bit of Sansa from Game of Thrones. That's a whole other thing, but we're just, not gonna get into that. Yeah, forever. Right. I have I have so, I have some major problems with Sansa and Game of Thrones, but I blame the writers, not the actress. She did fine. Um, that's a writing problem. Anyway, so Mike shows her all these journals of his dad's and. He wants Ingrid to help him with it because together they can find Asgard because she's so brilliant. And in the journals, a lot of it is like notes and personal just like little memoirs and stuff of what's going on in his life. But then towards the end of the diaries um, is when his dad started going a little crazy. So it's just the repeated line again and again, uh, parching imbued. All work and no play. <laughs> it's very that vibe. And Ingrid kind of looks at him a minute and then it's like, well, I don't think I can really help you. I mean, I love history, so this is really cool, but I want to find Asgard. 
And then Mike just straight out calls her out for being a witch. And that's why she has to help him. And to her credit, she denies it. A couple times. A couple times. And I was also really confused about this. I was like, how the fuck does he know that? And then thankfully, Mike answers this question for me, where apparently during the charity event, when that creeper jackass uh, tried to assault her in the stacks, he was closer than we thought. And he like saw her use magic to defend herself. Break those dude's fingers. So shit. Ingrid, again, leaves somewhat to her credit, denies it and retreats from the situation. So, yeah. So, after Ingrid retreats, uh, Mike just like takes the journal off the counter, throws it back in his bag, pretty unhappy with how that all turned out for him. And we do see like this weird medieval style hand axe in his bag. I am not going to pretend to be a weapons expert. I have no idea what that thing is supposed to be. It's just weird-looking axe-shaped hand size. Randomly open in his bag. No worries. Sure, it'll be fine. Boy just wants to cut some firewood after this. Who needs a gun when you have an axe? Self-defense. That's my philosophy in life. I say as someone whose like dad keeps buying him her store uh, swords at the thrift store. <laughs> I have like a full arsenal in my bedroom, and I didn't buy any of it. But <laughs> we do cut away to Freya and Dash, who are back at Fairhaven, and they're like out on like the patio main lawn section. This is actually, I think, the area where we are first introduced to Freya and Dash as a couple like episode one during their engagement party when they're like hiding from the rest of the party so it's and it's looking really pretty like they have this giant like altar area set up they have all the white chairs set up it looks like they're going with peach and pink roses I don't know why that's important but I showed interest and there's kind of walking it obviously it's still being set up everyone's like still working around them they're not the only ones there and they kind of stop at the altar and start talking having a conversation and Freya says that before she met Dash she never actually wanted to get married she always thought that seemed way too traditional what yeah she's like I never saw myself as like the picket fence minivan married type But then I met you and I realized that marriage was sharing my life with you and how happy we are and how much I want you in my life. So that happens. That's the whole scene. Yep. Short and quote unquote sweet. (laughs) Like we all know we're so anti-Dash at this point just because we have so many red flags, but... I'm not saying Killian's perfect, but I I just enjoy him so much more than Dash that it's it is what it is. Cut over to Wendy though. She you know, big city. Wendy's found this man. <laughs> Turns out it's Victor. He's a history professor at Columbia. Out of awkward chit chat, but hey, someone stole for his powers. You gotta come back and do the spell. Nope, I can't do the spell. It's too dangerous. 
don't need to go back. I just want to do my professor stuff. What he says, there's more to the story, though. Let me just tell you. And we get left with that little worm. I do love there's, um, when he starts talking to Wendy, he's like, I thought all you Beauchamp women officially hated me. She's like, oh, no, we officially hate you. But I want you to come back. <laughs> Good job, oh, Wendy. Yes. Uh, thing I didn't write down now remembering. I also quite liked, uh, does Joe know you're here? You know, Joanna know you're here? We talked about it. <laughs> Just tell them that the answer was no, don't do it. But they talked about it. We discussed it. It, it, came, it came on the table. I love Wendy so much. I mean, I realized this because, like, I was just editing the episode where I gush about how much I love Harrison, and I'm like, it's because they're very similar people. Like, they're both just, like... They're out there. They're fun. They're... They their own rules. Yeah, and they're able to, like, clever their way out of, like, any situation. So I'm like, ah, oh, geniuses, both of them. <laughs> and, like, Harrison has disappeared. I don't think we're ever going to see him again. I don't think so either. I was just thinking about that recently, too. Just wait for some other shady shit to come up and maybe he'll pop over. <laughs> yeah, who's, we need someone else to be um, convicted for homicide and then maybe we can see him again. You can only hope. Well, switching on over. Uh, briefly, we're in the catacombs, walking down, turned into a room. Basically, like, just torture chamber. There's tons of, like, medieval-looking torturey devices and cut over Panthena is gleefully looking over all of them she ends up like swinging a noose that's hanging from the ceiling not like a psychopath or anything like that it does like look like the opening to a true crime turn of the century show like where it's like we all thought she was so nice the maiden on the hill but she had a dark secret. And it's like, cut to this. <laughs> cut over now. Joanna is just sitting in the, the foyer, whatever it is, sunroom, uh, staring at their blood painting they did earlier. Waiting for a signal, waiting for it to develop, basically. She notices something because she suddenly jumps up and just kind of like runs a hand, hover hands it over the painting comes away with she now has like a black spot on her index finger guess that's the sign because now she says a spell and the painting starts gushing black liquid from the top not disturbing at all this spell gets cooler and cooler as we continue with it (laughs) i'm like oh my god how metal (laughs) quite I was expecting to see Joanna start, like, panicking over that response, but apparently, like, that's just normal. That's just it developing. I don't care about the mess. Joanna's not really a panicker, so. True. But she still has reactions, and there wasn't really any. That's true. Uh, cut over now to Amy in the catacombs. So we were supposed to meet, Dash and Amy were supposed to meet at three, while well, she's a little early. She's leaving a voicemail for Dash, just letting him know. She finds Panthena, like, extracting with a syringe that liquidy goop 
metallic stuff from the wall, chanting over it. Um, chant, just fun fact, roughly translates to uh, metal come to me, <laughs> which was an interesting one. Amy, ever the doctor, hey, I don't think you should be touching that. We don't know what it does. Just please be safe. And Panthena briefly plays dumb. And then just, well, she tells the truth of what it is. It's a deadly poison seeping in from another world. Of course, Amy's just like, what? <laughs> and then Panthena stabs her in the neck with a syringe. And, oh, it's poisonous to mortals. So... <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. Yeah, so we murder Amy. Boom. Uh, cuts over to, like, obviously must be later. Dash is now in the catacombs. Can't find Amy. And we flash over to Amy's dead body in the torture room just lying on the ground. Yay. Poor Amy. She didn't deserve to go out like this. Oh, she was sweet and she was smart and what the fuck? She deserved a full life. Like, I don't know. This, this really turned me against Pentina. I was like, not Amy. Come on. This is what did you in? This is really what did me in, yeah. <laughs> I thought Pentina sucked a while ago, but all right, all right. Well, she's always sucked. I think first episode I called her a bitch, but this was like real insult to injury where I was like, we already know you're the worst. Do we have to kill Amy? Apparently we do. Well, we cut away from all the murder of a beloved character to Freya in the back room once more at the bar. This time without the wedding dress. She's in general common clothing. And Penthina as uh, shifter Joanna walks in and attacks her. Just magically throws her across the room. Uh, Freya starts screaming, is very freaked out, especially because she has no magic to defend herself. Pendina, Joanna uh, draws like a small curved knife on her and tells her to give her mom a message, which is Paramordium Urgantium. 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 I couldn't read my own notes. I'm so sorry. And then chops off a significant piece of hair. Like we get, we gave them crap for like, don't touch Killian's hair, but we take off like a good few inches of her hair, like just right up front. It is a chop enough to like wrap around shifter Joanna's hand. Yeah. Right before her wedding too. Um, And also just the message she's passing on. Fun fact for you. Uh, Through silver death. That's what it translates to. Oh, crap. That's not fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Freya's credit, after Shifter Joanna leaves, Freya is hot to trot and quite a clever little devil. So calls her mother, actual Joanna, and tells her that the Shifter was just here. She got attacked. She's fine. But she can see the Shifter. She's still leaving the bar. She's on this street. That's all I know. Joanna just hops in a car and is, like, on the trail. Hot to try on track. And actually starts tracking Shifter Penthina down the streets. And gets away with it for a good couple blocks before Shifter Penthina realizes she's there. 
And then they do the like very stereotypical where it's like actual Joanna on one side of the street, shifter Joanna on the other, a car passes the frame and then shifter Joanna's gone. But to her credit, Joanna was Joanna was on the trail for a while there. It was pretty impressive. Oh, and then one thing that bugged me, just in this instance, Freya was smart watching her so her mom could, you know, jump into action. But the whole point was deliver the message, and she didn't deliver the message. <laughs> well, after actual Joanna um, is unable to catch Shifter Penthina, she does go back to Freya to make sure she's okay, double check the situation, where Freya does give her the message of Paramordium Urgantium. And it does have an effect on Joanna. She's like, we gotta get back to the house. Like, we're done here. You're done with your shift. We're out. And so back at the house, Wendy has taken Victor there, actually. <laughs> Poor Victor. He got so conned. So he's reading from like his own grimoire over how they're going to do this spell that Wendy won him for. He's like, okay, so we're going to need Freya. And then when Joanna gets here, you know, we'll take Freya and we'll start. And Wendy's like, we don't need her. I'll do her part. It's fine. That's fine. And to Victor's credit, probably dealt with uh, Wendy a lot. Just like, thought you said Joanna knew I was here. We discussed it. She thought it was a bad idea. I concluded otherwise. <laughs> so she basically banishes Victor to her room until they have time to explain the situation to Joanna. And it's just like, I'll call for you then, until then, to my room. And Victor marches off to her room. It was so cute. Back me up. <laughs> Wendy is such a little bully sometimes, but like, ah, oh, it's perfect. So we cut away from this to back at the library where Ingrid is closing it for the day. So she's like locking the front door, turning all the lights off, putting away the last straggles of books. And Mike is still in the library acting a little cray. Just, just a little, little bit cray. And he kind of corners her again and says that she's a witch, she's a witch, she's a witch. Ingrid's still not confirming it, but she's like, if I am a witch, you know what happened last time someone confronted me when I didn't want to, like, deal with them, so maybe back the fuck off. Yeah. But Mike says he figured out what a parching imbued means, and it means Ingrid Beauchamp, if you rearrange all the letters. What are you doing in your spare time, boy? Like, being a nerd. <laughs> and at this point, Mike's acting more than a little crazy. He's he's pretty cray at this point, and says she knows he knows she's a witch. He can prove it. Reaches back into his bag and pulls out the axe I mentioned earlier. And just swings it into his thigh like oh a madman. My gosh, Mike, what oh are my you gosh, doing? Holy shiznit! I screamed when I watched this. Because <laughs> like Ingrid's like, "You're harassing me. I'm gonna call the cops." And then he brings out this axe and like, "Oh shit, Ingrid's dead." And then 
world's worst suicide? Like, who does that? First of all, it's so hard to, like, mentally get yourself to harm yourself for the most part if you're in a healthy state of mind. Um, and he just has no hesitations. Nope, you're a witch. I'm gonna prove it. Let's just bleed out. Yep. Oh my gosh. He, like, falls to the ground in a pool of blood. Like, he is just bleeding profusely. And... Ingrid's like, I'm calling an ambulance. I'm calling the cops. He's like, no, I'll be dead before they show up. And it's like, Mike! Fucking Mike! And he's like, besides, how will you explain this to the cops? And she's like, easily! Which was fair. Like, that is easily explained, because he's crazy. Um... But he says that what she's going to have to do is heal him if she wants him to survive. Every witch has healing powers. So the ambulance is out of luck. The cops are out of luck. She's just going to have to heal him and prove she's a witch. And sadly, Ingrid does so and says she's never successfully healed someone. But she does kneel down next to him, cast a spell, and heal his thigh of the super deep insane gash uh mike is super impressed is like wow that was incredible and thankfully ingrid does slap him yes and yeah and is like i hate you or like go to hell and that was the accurate response then you go get a restraining order because this guy's gone off the deep end in about 10 minutes. Like, instant. Zero to 60 real fast. Real fast. It was a little jarring. I'm not going to lie. I was like, why is Mike being so weird this episode? And I was like, why is Mike crazy? Like, within, like, 20 minutes. But we cut away from this beautiful Axe blood fest to uh, Joanna bringing Freya home to Wendy and says the message that Joanna, excuse me, that Freya was given from the shifter, as I've repeated a million times. This also impacts Wendy, where she's like, oh my god, Freya wants to be let in on what the hell the secret is, but, you know, parental figures are talking. And Joanna kind of sits down at the table a little defeated. It's like, okay, I think we should call Victor. <laughs> Wendy, yeah, yeah, you're right. Victor! And he just comes down the stairs. <laughs> Love to Anna's just like, uh, what? Just think of all the time we just saved. Ballot, that is the perfect response, Wendy. <gasps> Wendy, oh my god, Wendy, coming to clutch this episode. God, I loved it. I love her so much. And yes, Victor comes down the stairs and Freya meets her father for the first time. Oh, snap. Well, and also I really like when um, Wendy yells for Victor to come down and Joanna's freaked out. She like immediately starts to kind of like, because they're standing next to a wall where it kind of just curves back around. She, she kind of like goes stuff like hide behind the wall, <laughs> but we can still see her like she's and then she comes to when she admits that this is your father, Freya. She's kind of peeking back around that wall still, coming out from it. It was just, it cracked me up. 
it was it was a good entrance of Victor to Freya. And this is obviously shocking to Freya. Bomb drops, yeah. So which is why we cut over to Freya's alone in the dining room, trying to obviously process it all. Also, I just have to say, because it's kind of like set up for the rehearsal dinner already. And just the way the dining table was set was so pretty. We've got the green stemware and beautiful short pink flower set up throughout all on the runner. The table was definitely, if I this is so bitty, bitty, so bitter and passive aggressive, I don't care. If I'd been in charge of a bridal shower, that's how the tables would have been set up. I I will take that to my grave and I am like I am so sorry if like the other girls listen to this and are like pissed like you guys did a great job I get it I wasn't planning I didn't live in the county it's fine but like part of me knows I could do better well and one of them actually did apologize because the people who did the like the the owners of the place were like yeah we'll help and then totally those were not the colors that they had discussed and for tablecloths and stuff like that so I, th- I just I think it could have been better I don't know I I know I know you had to live with me afterwards because after your bridal shower we went wine tasting for fun and like I was driving you to the vineyards and I was like enraged for the dumbest situation like it wasn't even my event it wasn't even like a me problem I was just like driving you afterwards being pissed yeah we had good talks (laughs) anywho super pretty table distracting me in this very tense scene uh Joanna comes in though you know talk it over Victor wants to talk I'm sorry, but also I want to help. There's more that's said there. I just didn't care enough. It wasn't like it wasn't enough for me to write it all down. Honestly, it's just these are the feelings that come out of it, and that was good enough for me. I mean, a lot of the Victor scenes I think are well portrayed because they're very they're very accurate to what what do you even say in a situation like that so they're all very cut short by either those talking or other people like trying to defend those in the conversation so it's like when Victor is like always trying to like corner Freya for a talk like Joanna's like you don't get to speak to her or it's like he tries to talk to like Joanna and Joanna is like, okay, fine, let's talk. And then they do like 30 seconds. It's just like, actually turns out I'm in no state to talk to you. And it's like, I get it. I'm like, yeah. And a situation like that, like how the fuck do you like so quickly cope for such like an in-depth conversation? But then also we have this, you know, tense, deep, not too deep scene. And then it just straight up cuts to the backyard. All right. Explain it. They're going to move forward with the spell. Uh, It's going to be very painful. Like she's being twisted within. Um, It's basically like a a transfusion of blood from both parents, explains Victor. Uh, It is dangerous, but Joanna has, they're out of options. They've explored everything. This is the last thing that they have available. Frey's gonna do it. Pain be damned. 
So Victor, you know, magically slices open his hand, Joanna's hand, Freya's hand, stacks them all up, uh, says a spell that I couldn't translate, <laughs> which I really wanted to. I tried. Freya can't handle the pain, though. So she's, you know, obviously she drops to the ground. They all stay hands clasped, go down with her. And she's screeching in pain, as we expected. But she calls him, she says, like, Daddy, make it stop. Which I felt was sign number one that this isn't really Freya. Because why is she calling him Daddy right after just meeting him? Like a child. But anywho, she's screeching. She's it's terrible. I feel like the next scene really justified that reaction where I was like, okay, I get this. Um, but really what I did like about this is like Victor is all ready to like keep going. He's like, no, this is fine. It's fine. She's fine. Joanna's not having any of it. Wants him to stop, like gotta stop, can't hurt her. Finally, it gets to the point where Joanna just like magically blast Victor off the group a few feet away etc Joanna feels bad and well and then right after the hands are no longer touching you know spell stops and Freya's just like totally fine she's tired she looks yeah. tired yeah but definitely no more screaming a uh, totally different person than the one yelling for daddy to stop which is why I'm also led to believe it was just the influence of the spell. I mean, this is this is definitely one of those scenes where, like, just given this series um, background with Joanna, I am totally on Joanna's side on this. Joanna's like, Victor, we have to stop it. I don't think it's working. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. She's in pain. It's fine. And it's like, it's not even that just, like, is in pain of why she wants to stop she says she doesn't think it's working right she's like no something's wrong with the spell i can feel it and victor's like no it's fine and i'm like i after so many episodes like eight at this point trust joanna to my very core i'm like she's a badass she can do anything we we've seen her we've justified it i would trust that instinct immediately i'd be like okay you're right maybe something's wrong with the spell like take a break but, like, the fact that he's like, no, no, I know what's best. I was like, shut the fuck up. I was with him because the next line, Joanna says, uh, she tells Freya, I'm sorry, but I'd rather have you alive with no powers than risk your death. And it all boils down to she's just so terrified of having her kids die and having to have them reborn again that she wasn't willing to continue with the spell i think it maybe it was kind of going off kilter sure but overall it was probably still fine joanna just didn't want to get too close to that risky zone which i think as a mom i understand like i said on this i'm team joanna i'm like i mean i've seen her like murder like three people i will always be team joanna because like i'm not crossing her but I don't know. I was team Joanna on this. I was like, no, you're right. Like, we shouldn't be blatantly risking Freya's life on a hunch that this might work. Yeah. But also, Victor was previously, like, their legitimate doctor. Yeah, I don't... Magic. And I get that he hasn't been practicing in a while, but, like, 
with them, their skills stay up. My main problem is I don't know enough about Victor. I'm just like, yeah, I just, I, you just, you just came here, man. Like, I'm sorry. I will trust everyone else in the scene over you. Like, maybe your intentions were good. Maybe this was working fine and they were all overreacting and that's fair. But like, I don't know you well enough to be on your side. I'm sorry. Like, well, Frey's super angry, storms off. Cut over to the bent elbow. Frey is now drinking and pouting. By herself. She's not pouting. She's had a day. Totally. She's had a day. True. But she's still pouting. She is not pouting. She is digesting her emotions. Oh, gosh. All right. Ingrid finds her, tries to tell Freya about Mike, but Freya cuts her off. Um, Dad's in town. Come again. Ingrid was like shocked and kind of tears up, but just okay, great. I don't really care. Um, he's been out of our lives this whole time. I don't care to meet him. I don't want anything to do with him. It literally is not going to change my life, so whatever. Freya really wants to get to know him, though. She says more, but it doesn't matter. Bottom line is she just wants to get to know Victor. Brings up Mike again, but Ingrid doesn't really want to talk about it. Never mind. Conveniently, the bar owner, boss, whatever his name was, comes over complaining that he's short-staffed because both Freya's going on her honeymoon and then Killian's leaving. Well, apparently Freya didn't know that Killian was leaving. Um, Ouch. Yeah. Way to break the news. And then... This manager yeah. just backtracks. Oh, well, you know, I hope you hurry back. Bye. Yeah, because he was mostly just asking if she knew anyone who'd be willing to pick, to pick up shifts there while she was gone. He was like, hey, if you have any friends who, like, need work, like, yo. And she's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Killian's leaving? Like, <laughs> he's like, you're not going to give me employees. Never mind. Ingrid, though, ever practical. Trying to help her sister out. You know, it's probably for the best. Nice, clean start over, clean break for you and Dash to begin your lives together. And you won't have to worry about Killian influencing you. Perfect. Shut up, Ingrid. (laughs) It's not so perfect, but whatever. Anywho, they leave to go to the rehearsal dinner, though. At the house. I love this rehearsal dinner scene. There's so much happening. So good! Just, like, here, basically, to the end of the episode. Anytime we contain everyone to the house, for some reason, it gets excellent. So the painting is still shifting, still developing. Cut over to Wendy's handing out champagne flutes. Joanna proposes a toast once everybody has one in their hands. Like, you know, she's going to say the toast, but Pentina immediately, oh, goody, I'll do it. What a bitch. And then the thing she said, I had to write it down because she's, you know, knowing what we know as the audience, she's such a fucking psycho in this speech. Like, this is, this is practically her manifesto. (laughs) That's how I felt. (laughs) Um, When she first discovered East End and Fairhaven, she knew it was the place she'd always been searching for. You know, because she was banished as <laughs> Athena. Couldn't quite remember it. 
But when Dash met Freya, she was so happy because she knew she wasn't just getting Freya. She was getting all the Beauchamps. That's so creepy. That doesn't sound like she's going to wear their skin. (laughs) Uh So lucky, though. Well, everybody raise your glasses and cheers to a wedding no one will ever forget. Complete, complete psycho true crime monologue aside, this is a horrible wedding toast. You didn't even mention the couple. You like were like, oh yeah, I met them, and that was thrilling for me. But let's go back to what else thrills me. Like, what the fuck? I've given impromptu wedding toast. Just talk about how cute they are together and your good times with them together. Like, don't. Don't be like this. <laughs> well, and then to follow, you know, Jana's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Rousing speech. <laughs> Wendy collects all the glasses. Except like for instant. Yeah. As soon as everybody takes a drink. Oh, uh, I got to refill. Ingrid gets to keep hers. Freddie gets to keep hers. Joanna gets to keep hers. Everybody else, though. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> well, because she takes it to the kitchen and, uh, as she, you know, collects the glasses, goes to the kitchen to do stuff. They have just two seconds of Joanna glaring at the back of Penthina's head. And I just, those were glorious couple of seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Quick flash, painting reveals it's Penelope, Penthina, but nobody's in the room to see it. Oh. We have to be good hosts, oh. damn it. Then we cut over to Wendy is in the kitchen. She's using the saliva from everybody's drinks to test whether they're mortal or not. Well, everybody keeps coming back mortal, even Penelope. Surprisingly. I do like, Joanna's obviously like super scatterbrained in this scene because she's like super stressed out. You know, she's like, she's worrying about the painting. She's worrying about Freya. The shifter just tacked. Victor is around again. Like, Joanna's having a day. Um, so... When Wendy's, like, busy doing all the tests on the glasses over the sink, uh, Joanne, like, opens the oven. Is Wendy, you didn't even turn the oven on! It's, like, a raw pastry. <laughs> what do you... You're a witch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just... <laughs> puts her hand over it, cooks it through. I was like... And Wendy's like, why don't you go check the painting? She's like, yeah, I'll check the painting. I was like, oh, Joanna. Like, my poor girl. Just having, just having a moment. Um, so on her way to actually check the painting, there's a knock on the door. She gets d- diverted from the painting, opens the door, and it's Victor. Oh. He is back. And basically Freya comes up from behind, says she invited him. She wanted him here tonight. Joanna has thoughts and feelings. She's going to try to keep to herself. But... We do kind of cut to, while we're all figuring out what the hell to do with Victor in our foyer, Penthina has found the painting of herself. No! Shit. So, Ingrid, Freya, Joanna, and Victor are now just arguing in the foyer over whether or not Victor should stay. Joanna says it's 
Freya's rehearsal dinner. How dare he be here? Freya's like, you're right. It's my rehearsal dinner. I invited him. Ingrid says she doesn't want him around. She knows he was never around. So, I mean, Ingrid plays the history card on us where she's like, I've looked at old pictures and artifacts and stuff of all our lives. You haven't been around for a while. And that is an oof moment. Yeah. So he says he can explain that, but she doesn't want her his explanations. And I honestly, I had to pause the show at this point because I was like, you just fucking asked him why and then you don't want his explanations why did you ask them it wasn't a rhetorical question obviously i mean ingrid's definitely i think trying to pick a fight here just to hurt him like she doesn't actually want to hear his side she just wants to give all her evidence up front and then like walk out which you know fine i she she's going through it i get it like i Again, another excellent Wendy moment, though. They are all bickering at each other very profusely when Wendy re-enters. is like, hey, guys, um, yeah, getting a little weird with just me and uh, the whole other in-law family in there. How about we uh, wrap this up, get back in there? And she, like, looks around, and they're all so pissed. And she's like, oh, hey, you're back. And just, like, walks out again. <laughs> Damn it, Wendy. Good old Wendy. <laughs> oh, I loved it so much. Uh, so eventually they do let Victor stay, mostly because they got to get back to the party. But uh, Victor tries to have a talk with Freya. Victor tells Freya that he kind of like, I think he like corners her like in the foyer again after they all leave. I don't know. I kind of lose track of rooms here. And he tells her that he didn't leave all that time ago because of, like, lack of love. He's always really loved her. It was very complicated. And he was sad and sorry he didn't get to be in her life's lives and produces, like, a newspaper clipping of their wedding announcement from her and Dash. And he's like, I've been trying to keep up with you, like, keep tabs on you, make sure you're okay. So, like, you know, Victor's doing the bare minimum. During all this, Joanna jumps back in as the protective mom, so she wants um, wants to talk with Victor, and basically just kind of warns Victor off, is like, whoa, we're dealing with some shit here, she doesn't need you, we don't need you, you get your shit together, like, I'll handle this. And that's kind of how that all goes. Um, afterwards, Freya is back in the backyard with like a little blanket around her. When Dash comes outside, they're over the party. They're just over it. That's fine. And they end up going for a walk on the beach because apparently their house is like right on the beach. So, you know, success. And I think they just walked like they're this whole East end is supposed to be big, but it's not. (laughs) Very true. Walked a couple blocks to the beach. So they go. Yeah, they go to the beach and Freya says that she's always liked the ocean. It always seemed to make her problems seem so small in comparison. And she kind of sits down next to the sea and is kind of having a lot of thoughts right now because She's questioning what their relationship would be like now that she, like, can see her parents together. And she says, like, what if just having love isn't enough? Like, they loved each other. I know they did. 
but at the end of the day, that didn't mean that they're like together, like look at them now and look at us. And freaking Dash. Dash says, no, this love, our marriage, love like ours means that I will be there even when things get hard. Really, Dash? Because last time things got hard, you ran off to London in like two minutes. You, excuse me, you punched your brother and then ran off to London. Which is the stable thing to do. Like, I don't trust you, man. I I was kind of pissed because they like frame this out to be this like big romantic moment where he's like, we just have to choose to always be there for one another. As long as like we choose to be through the rough times, then and we will, our love will always remain. I'm like, but you've already proven you can't choose that. Like we like yesterday. Yeah. Fucking dash. Nope, but he saw her almost die. So that's this is now the new kindled feeling. <laughs> It's totally going to work out. Um, that aside, I skipped one little portion of what kind of happens. Uh, the rehearsal dinner then ends. Wendy is cleaning up. Ingrid is kind of overwhelmed sitting in the kitchen. Victor enters and asks Wendy for a moment. He wants to talk to Ingrid. Ingrid is not going to talk to him. She says, nope, and just walks outside. And <laughs> Wendy goes, yeah, that one little tough to forgive so yeah Ingrid's keeping this up with Victor which I think is fine I think that's her prerogative I I've been so like anti-Ingrid this entire episode and then Victor enters I'm like you do you Ingrid like it's fine (laughs) cut over to um you know after Dash and Frey at the beach cuts to Joanna's cleaning everything up after the rehearsal dinner everybody's gone except for the people who live there obviously and Victor comes in gosh I missed your parties and your cooking and I missed you Joanna says a few more things but basically like wow I gotta admit you've done an amazing job on your own thank you for being such an awesome single mother Joanna's nice about it (laughs) that way uh, you know thank you for acknowledging that doesn't attack him, doesn't get sour, but uh, Victor follows up with, you know, I never stopped loving you. I really tried. After several centuries, it just, I couldn't do it. I just love you so much. (laughs) And they kiss. Which I felt was very much like a, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus moment. (laughs) I mean, like, I'm not angry if they want to have a thing like I I, I'm not Victor's biggest fan but I don't have that much against him at this point at the very least but I'm like you're not Harrison get out still want to know why he left yeah me too I'm very curious about that so many things this next episode 10 better wrap up like don't remember it exactly I mean they still have season 2 so true but Still. Anywho, magical kiss. Cuts over to uh, Ingrid is now in the yard. Mike finds her. She's uh, freaked out, as she should be, because it's not like she told him where she lived. And his line is, I'm an explorer. I explored the phone book. Not how that works. Not what you're supposed to use that for. 
I'm so sad that Mike got so weird. I liked him so much. And I'm like, why do you have to go and, and be this now? Like, He's kind of good at those characters, though. That's true. Very cerebral, unhinged characters. That's true. Oh, my God. Like, remember the Dollhouse episode where he played, like, the serial killer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was a great that episode. Was <laughs> what I was thinking of. <laughs> It's a great episode. I think it's season two at that point. It all blends together, but <sighs> I anyhow, so many good moments of Dollhouse, even though that is also a very cerebral show. It's yeah, it's definitely one of those shows because I still like read reviews and stuff about it to this day because I'm curious about it. And it's definitely one of those shows where the reviewers are like yeah, the network had no idea what to do with this show. And I think it's very obvious. I think unless you're a very, like, cerebral, like, looking for that kind of, like, weird television. It seems like it should have been on sci-fi, but for some reason it wasn't. Yeah, and now Joss Whedon sucks, so. He always kind of sucked, but on the light, like. Now we're aware. Yeah. Anywho, back to the current show. So now that Mike's in the know, she's just, Ingrid's very candid with him. No, we can't find this damn portal. Doesn't matter. There was only one key. It's been destroyed. Just knock it off. Leave me alone. Mike comes back with, uh, hey, I figured out there's actually a second key. You want to know what parched and viewed meant? Well, not only was it your name, it meant you're the second key. You can open the portal. You're gonna help me open it, damn it. Say what? Damn it, Ingrid. Ingrid, you fucked. Right? This this guy's crazy. Like this is when you this is when you call for your mom who will murder people if it's called for. Mm-hmm. Or Wendy. She's kind of inadvertently murdered some people too when it's called for. I'm not saying let's murder Mike. I'm saying let's take care of Mike. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like an a mob sort of take care. Whatever that might mean. <laughs> However you choose to interpret this. Okay. Gets back inside, though. Joanna and Wendy finally, finally have a free moment to actually look at the painting. So we, as the audience, know it already showed Penthina as the culprit. She found it. She did some magic of her own to change what it showed. Now... It just shows, like, the catacombs. It's the tunnels. Nothing special. So, of course, Joanna and Wendy are confused. Oh, maybe the spell didn't quite work out. Understandable. Cuts to the actual catacombs, though. Panthena's in her torture chamber, mixing something in a little brass cauldron-y thing. She- <laughs> There's, a. Uh like an old picture or painting or something like that of her father that's been hanging in this torture room. She's talking to it again. It says, I'm finally going to kill her father and then I'm coming home. Not like a psycho at all. (laughs) Flings the stuff she was mixing at some pipes against the wall and they start dissolving and then straight up catch fire in this white, silvery, ethereal fire. Which was honestly a really cool effect. It was like a really interesting effect. And I was like really confused why she was like throwing that shit around. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. 
Mm-hmm. I was confused at why she was throwing it at the pipes, because I don't think that was the exact spot. And, you know, I assume those pipes actually still do stuff, since we've discussed before how Fairhaven's still pretty damn intact. But whatever. I don't know, let's just start some fires from time to time. I mean, I understand that too, but... Anyway, solving these crazy wildfire. Flash over to Freya is looking through the grimoire. Someone knocks at the door. She goes to open it, and it's Killian saying goodbye. And admits, I love you, like, so deeply. Oh, you should run away with me. Let's go to Costa Rica together. Do it. <laughs> like, I was dreaming about you. I didn't know you were a real person until I met you. I had those dreams, too. They mean something. We're supposed to be together. Uh, not just you be some trophy on Dash's wall. And then this marriage will destroy you. End scene. Roll credits. What a final line. This marriage will destroy you. Oh. Yeah, that. I And I did like, um, yeah, one of the things he said is he said, don't marry Dash and become one more of his possessions. Where I was like, oh. Ugh. And it was creepier than trophy on the wall, but I can't yeah. write it down exactly. Yeah, you marry him, it'll destroy you. Like, ah, the tarot cards! Ah, Gillian! <laughs> it's a good episode. I really liked episode 8. I really liked this one. I know I'm gonna hate love episode 10, because so much stuff is gonna happen in the next one. I mean, we're building up to it. It's the wedding tomorrow. Like, I... I do think this is, like, my favorite episode yet, though. And, like, I really liked the episode where they're stuck in the house and Wendy is being poisoned by the snake. Like, that's another one of my favorites. But, yeah, dude, this one with just, like, the emotional intrigue of Victor's back. Killian's ending speech, for God's sakes. He just destroyed it. It was so good. I really do like I don't I don't think I talked about it a lot uh, throughout the episode but what I did really find interesting too is we don't have Killian that much in this episode he really only shows up to find out that he's leaving have the amazing scene where he sees Freya in the wedding dress and then this ending scene on the doorstep so it's not a lot of Killian but what we do get of Dash mirrors so much scenes we got from their first episode. So it's like they're back on the balcony where we first introduced them as the couple at Fairhaven. Like when Freya leaves the rehearsal dinner to like go outside on the backyard. That's also something that happened at her engagement party. So it's like we really get some like mirrors of like Dash and Freya really haven't evolved much from the first episode we've seen them. They're still kind of in the same pattern but it was like this time when Killian showed up it wasn't like okay let's go like make out in the bathroom he professed his love it was so sweet how, how do you say no to Killian I mean yeah I... <laughs> just gonna make the next episode so much more dramatic well I fear that Killian won't really be in the next episode too because like oh. No, 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 no. I'm really worried. Read but... a little episode teaser. 
Oh, I didn't, I didn't do that, but we'll find out. So stay tuned for next episode on that. It's gonna go down. <laughs> uh, moving on. So let's get to our deep dive. And you know what? So controversial topic. We're gonna go over blood magic. I mean, with this episode aside, how could we not? Like, there's so much blood magic in this episode. It's it's what they, they actually, do. Like, do it well. They so. do. They do it very well. Um, I don't know. Do you want me to start or have at it? All right. So. Blood magic, um, oftentimes blood, if being used as an instrument or an element in a spell, is also a representation of the element air, because blood brings oxygen to your body. What? So it's it's an air symbol, oftentimes. By practicing blood magic, we are not um, advocating for self-harm in any way. I want to make that very freaking clear, like right off the bat. If you want to practice blood magic, there are safe practice measures you can take and safe ways to do so. Um, please do not use it to practice self-harm. And if you are very interested in it, uh, work your way up to blood, blood magic, kind of like train up to it. And if possible, have someone help train you. Yeah, there are tons of like phlebotomists that are available because there's like there's some shady shit in America, but also like it's good sanctioned shady shit. Um, I just happen to know this just because there was an artist several years ago that painted with his own blood. So he just had like a traveling phlebotomist draw out his blood and then he'd put it in his vials and then keep it until he was painting next. So there are people out there like they can just withdraw some blood for you in a safe, healthy manner because they're licensed in a sanitary manner i also want to emphasize and then if you want to keep that for blood spells go right ahead but as we also had previously discussed blood root is a really good substitute for blood itself if you need a like a dna type component to the spell to really link it to a certain person get some hair get a little saliva you don't gotta use their actual blood yeah, I was I was actually about to say that that if the, for whatever reason you want to do like more of a personal link, um, hair, saliva, much easier, much simpler than blood, um, you know, th- think simple first. Uh, blood root, awesome substitution. As we talked about, the sap of blood root is poisonous, so just be aware when using it. Like, don't gnaw on it. I know that sounds cuts. stupid, but. <laughs> Yeah, like... It stains the fuck out of things, so probably wear gloves anyway. Yeah, it's just, you know, be aware, practice self-handling. Um, most blood magic I've seen done... One blood, blood magic I tried once. Um, You don't need a full vial. Like, you were like, yeah, there's ours. She draws, like, a bag of blood. Uh, most blood magic I've seen or done myself usually involves, like, similar to this show, like, two drops of blood that you can usually prick from your finger using like a sanitized needle. Again, not advocating for self-harm, not advocating that you like jump right into blood magic because it sounds thrilling. Don't do that. Don't, uh, no. don't do uh, that. Animal sacrifices, nowhere near necessary. No, 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 so no. We do not advocate harming any animals. Um, also, yeah, more to your point, Nikki. 
<laughs> I'm thinking of supernatural specifically because my husband and I have every time it happens we gotta chat about it uh, they slice open their entire palms to just gush blood for any spell and that is so unnecessary first of all ow because that's gonna reopen every single time you even flex your hand smart uh and if you're listening have you seen supernatural castiel's not always there to fix them so castiel randomly forgets he has powers from time to time that too (laughs) yeah but that's like totally the very dramatic i mean it even actually happens in this episode where they're slicing straight across the palm but yeah it's a little different in this episode that one was fine i'll let it slip yeah really sorry a finger prick if you're gonna do anything it's got enough pressure you just need a few drops it's gonna heal a lot better be sanitary about it i can't stand needles yeah needles don't bug me at all i know they drive you crazy i okay wait 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 wait. don't worry i'm triggered now well (laughs) but all that aside usually what i've seen done for blood magic is it's like one or two drops of blood that's similar to the show you're mixing with like a blessed oil or you're going to be using to bless a candle or you know combine with salts there it's usually just an element it's not the whole spell you're not getting a bowl of blood to do something which again you know don't sacrifice people don't sacrifice animals you think we wouldn't have to say this but like I want to cover our bases on this like don't hurt people yourself animals no one no one else so unnecessary right um so a lot of that is usually just what that goes I know that well I don't know I've heard that hoodoo voodoo has certain blood elements but again those are trained practitioners and you know if you're into like that sect into that religion um you have trained practitioners at your disposal awesome go you like proud of you two thumbs up you do you man i am not in that culture i don't know for sure but i've heard so cool i just kind of thought that was something i'd throw in there (laughs) the other thing i've heard a lot of this is actually usually where blood magic shows up the most and we actually did a whole episode of a deep dive on this is fertility magic and because you're not using blood you've pricked from your fingers ladies monthly flow yeah that menstrual blood though i literally i was like looking up some blood magic stuff before we started this when you were checking your notes there is a teen vogue article on using menstrual blood as magic and i was like what is happening this is so unnecessary i i mean hey you want to use menstrual blood for magic you're not going to hurt yourself it's at your disposal you get it every month go for it like you know freaking resource right there make our own research. think about that one of course i don't do blood magic there are actually though f- quite a few uses for blood magic it's just again because it's blood and your ingredients can get tricky and i'm gonna harp on this i feel like i do it almost every episode if not at least every other episode your intentions drive your spell and you've got to have, as blood gets a little trickier, you got to have your intentions really fucking dialed in. Plus your spell, honestly. Like, 
as we've previously discussed, curses don't tend to be so productive because it's really hard to narrow that shit in. Um, blood magic, though. Uses. That I am aware of, not that I've done. Again. Fertility, like Nikki just mentioned. Um, summoning persons. Two, also banishing, technically. <laughs> Inverse effect. Um, that was the first, that was the only time I used my own blood was actually like a protection like thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Bear type thing. It's all about yeah. focusing on certain people. So, things like that, though. Yeah, it's it can be like like I said, if well practiced, safely, consciously trained, it it can be like pretty good. Like I like I said, I did one protection spell with it when I was like fifteen, and like I'm fine, everything's fine. It it turned out okay, and like that doesn't mean I'm like so everyone go do it. It's obviously a conscious choice, and you have to also like feel comfortable and train yourself up well enough for it. That's like I said, usually start with like saliva hair sweat menstrual blood if you like you're not gonna have to hurt yourself or anything on that just like you know wear a pad um there you go but it can be a tool that I think does oftentimes just get a bad rap and is attributed more to like the dark evil sides of magic when that's like so untrue because like even back in the day blood magic was actually seen very common because blood was more associated with like birth and like real life. And so like blood was used a lot by people who were like town Wicca women and stuff who were seen as folk magic users, which was like allowed, even though like we didn't like witches, you could be like a folk. humors basically. Yeah, it was like blood was kind of an element of that. Like that was just something that would happen. And then like, I think really as like media and christianity and witch trials took off and stuff that really it really just started becoming attributed much more negatively especially with like animal sacrifice being involved but at the same time like animal sacrifices in every religion so don't know what to say on that just still for the most part totally unnecessary it's so unnecessary like yeah I'm, I'm still not advocating for it like please don't kill creatures but you know i'm just saying that this it definitely got a bad rap and very negatively associated with, but if you're trained, your intentions are good, you know, you follow, like, the bylaws of Wiccanism, harm none, do what you will, take care of yourself, take care of others, it's at your disposal, and it's very helpful for bindings, protections, representations of air, healing, fertility, all that good stuff. Yeah, as we've previously discussed as well, witchcraft is basically a muscle you have to for everything you have to practice and build it up so you can do those really hardcore spells blood magic is one of those that i'd put more into the hardcore spells but as with everything again practice build it up if you do it safely you're not a dick about it have at it like, similar to this show, like, I'm like, yeah, Joanna could take my blood. I'd be fine with that. I'd be like, yep, yeah, what are we doing here? What? Cool. Awesome. Did it. Amazing. Some of the other people in the show being like, now give me your blood. I'd be like, and then you're going to wear my face? Like... <laughs> 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 
Uh, I think that's all I have for blood magic. Basically, there's substitutions for it. We listed them. Just be aware of also those like harms and stuff of them as well. And just kind of be like accepting of it. As I said, it's associated with some religions and stuff. And like, you know, be open to other people if they're not out to hurt you and they're not hurting anyone else, then like, what the hell do you care? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add either. So, all right, perfect. Uh, Nikki, which is on the couch? What were you drinking tonight? Uh, so this last weekend was Mother's Day, and they were having a big sale at Trader Joe's on a, a sparkling rosé. I bought it. It's trash. So I mixed it with some orange juice and some fresh raspberries, and just kind of made a mimosa, which did like cut it and make it drinkable again. So it's it's now good. Like now, I've like half the bottle's gone. I've been sipping on it, so I'm happy enough. But I would not go back to it. Bummer. Yeah, but you know who doesn't love a good mimosa? So it's fine. Not true. Yeah. Mimosas are good twenty four seven. We know it's like your favorite drink. Yeah, definitely my go to. What have you been drinking this week? Um, uh, I have been drinking a Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, so I don't actually typically like cabs, to be honest. They get a little too tobacco-y. Oh, I love cabs. Um, the vineyard that I work at, though, here in Texas, I don't know what it is. I love their cabs. They're just lighter. Um, so we ran out of the original cab that I like, and we haven't released the new cab, but my manager gave me a bottle, and just, like, once it's released, I just gotta pay for it. Um... Thankfully, glad she did that before she went on maternity leave because it's really good. <laughs> it's real smooth. It did not last very long. I'm thinking <laughs> of grabbing another bottle. <laughs> cabs are my second favorite red. I love Pinot Noirs first, but then cabs are like right up there. Yeah, I definitely like reds. I like a really good Tempranillo, but not Tempranillos do also kind of get tannic and I'm not super big on the tannic tempranillos um yeah tempranillo and cold climate pinot noir because I'm that sort of a snob uh, that's my climate y'all <laughs> California coastal northern coast oh yeah that's the good shit yeah there's some southern ones that they're still they say they're cold enough but they're, they're not no, you need to have that fog layer. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Look Look at me go. I'm proud of you. I seriously, I think I might send you a bottle. <laughs> Please do. I'd be happy. Well, uh, once things start to reopen a little bit here, I'm actually scheduled for my second vaccine uh, this coming Monday. What? Setting that reminds me, I'm past two weeks for my second dose, so I'm technically 100% vaccinated. Congratulations. Time flies. Right? I mean, yeah, like impromptu PTA here, guys. Go get vaccinated. But once I'm fully vaccinated, which will be June 1st, is actually first June, I will be considered a fully vaccinated human being. What? Um, There is that Pinot Noir place that just specializes in Pinot Noirs so maybe I'll go pick you up a bottle or yeah 
you know, if you ever visit California, we'll go. So, yes, the show. I need some of that in my life. Right. Anywho. Uh, so we did talk about some deep dark things, especially right at the end there. It wasn't dark. That was the ending PTA on that. It's fine. Yes, but there were some mentions. That's true. Honestly, like between 2020, between life itself, honestly, shit gets you down. Been there, honestly. If you're getting so deep down that you're contemplating suicide, though, do not. I don't know you. I don't care. Don't do it please you can call the suicide hotline here in the states at 800-273-8255 you also can text a crisis hotline 24 7 at 741-741 you can also walk into an er and tell them you're having suicidal ideation and they'll check you in and get you set up. Little evaluation there to help out. So hard to talk about it. things, even just like basic things, stupid things when you're deep dark down that hole. But it helps. And I keep qualifying in the US because I just want to put it out there. Like we've noticed, especially like across the nation. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> people in India that have like stayed with us. And I don't know who you are, but I appreciate you so hard right now. Yeah, like day like day one, like episode one, India was like our first like international listeners. And like they've consistently been on our algorithm showing up. And I'm like, wow, thank you so much. Like we're small, but we feel super special. <laughs> Very much appreciated. Thank you for staying through all of our bullshit (laughs) completely yes thank you everyone for listening to us uh if you like this episode please like review subscribe do whatever you have to do to help other wandering witches find us if you want more of us and our antics uh you can follow us at witches on the couch on instagram we are just our show's title once more And thanks for listening to us on this morning, day, evening, afternoon, night, whenever you tend to be listening to podcasts these days. We will be concluding season one of Witches of East End next week or the week following, depending on how my posting schedule goes, because we get busy. I get busy. I admit it. (laughs) Life is still a thing. Yeah, this is, uh, I got, I got other stuff to do. I'm sorry, guys. I try my hardest, but thanks for sticking with us and we will see y'all next time. Bye you guys. Bye.